Welcome to the Nova Church's podcast. We are a vibrant, dynamic, multicultural church in Alexandria, Virginia. Join us at 11 a.m. on Sundays. For more information, go to www.thenovachurch.com. We're excited to share this week's message with you. God bless. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Praise God. I tell you what, the presence of God is here. I'm excited for the opportunity to get to speak to you. I was speaking somewhere uh, recently, and they said uh, they were nervous when I got first got up to greet the church. And they said I was nervous, they said, because I sounded like a librarian <laughs> until I started preaching. Amen. And she was like, I feel better after you got done preaching. And so I apologize to you in advance if I sound like a librarian this morning. Amen. Just hold on. I'll get to the preaching. Amen. But I tell you what, I've been looking forward to being here and uh, getting to spend some time with you guys. I appreciate so much your pastor Pastor Worthington and his wife and family uh, just appreciate all that they have invested into the kingdom, uh, everything that he does with the spirit of excellence, and uh, I'm so thankful for what God is doing in this wonderful city through their ministry. Aren't you thankful for the leadership that God has placed over this assembly? Why don't we all stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, I, we, I, I, uh, last week, me and my wife and my son were just dodging Hurricane Dorian, amen, I was, uh, we were doing whatever it took to get out the way, I don't, I don't stand strong in hurricanes, I evacuate, I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't try to test my strength, I just leave, as soon as I hear it's going to hit, I booked my flight. I'm out of there. I survived Katrina when I lived in Louisiana. I think I got the badge. Come on. I think I got the badge of this man has been through some stuff. Hallelujah. So after that one, it's like, hey, I'm out. It's going to hit Florida. It might hit Florida. I'm still out. Amen. And so I was just changing all types of flights this week, and we just had a very hectic week dealing with that. And uh, But we are so thankful that I wasn't sure if it was going to come around this area and may come here. So I didn't know if I was going to have to move around this weekend as well. And uh, we had already been planning for like over a year to be here. And so I was like, Lord, I got to get there. I got to get uh, to Nova Church. And I'm so glad that the Lord worked it out. And I'm so thankful for this opportunity to give honor to my beautiful wife and my son, James Asher, they had a good time yesterday, went by uh, the zoo, and so he was just looking at elephants, and, uh, you know, we've, we've been through some stuff, you know, there's some stuff in that zoo that just don't smell right, I'm just trying to tell you right now, we survived by the grace of God, amen, we made it, we came out stronger, amen, but uh, my son walked in through one area, and he was just like, held his nose the whole time, amen. Uh, why don't we open up our Bibles to the uh, book of 2 Samuel, chapter 9, verse 1. And uh, just so thankful to be here, uh, your pastor, 
uh, did an incredible job speaking at uh, North American Youth Congress a few months ago uh, over 6,000 people that was in that session. Uh, I'm so thankful that you guys share him with everybody. Amen. So some church folk just get stingy. Amen. They're just like, Pastor, I don't want you going nowhere. Uh, but thank you all for sharing him with the body of Christ. Second uh, Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. Thank you to the worship team. If you have it, say amen. And David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when he had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Emil and Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Emil from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Verse 13, last scripture, So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. I want to preach to you on this subject this morning. Come forth. Come forth. Why don't you lay your Bibles down, everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands, and let's ask the Lord to do exactly what he wants to do here this morning. Lord Jesus, you have gathered everyone here together. I ask for you to minister. I ask that there be a demonstration of your power and of your anointing. Let the gift of faith be loosed. Let the people of God be touched. Lord, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lord, let your greatness reign in this house. Uh, take dominion over this atmosphere. Make it your habitation. Lord, be tabernacled amongst us here this morning. Lord, push your weight around in this building that people may be touched and ministered to in a mighty way. Let lives be changed forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? Come on, with expectation, can you clap those hands a little bit louder? Come on, can you clap those hands a little bit louder? If you're excited, why don't you clap your hands, all ye people, and somebody shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on. Come on, somebody open up your mouth and give glory to God in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. Amen. Somebody shout yes. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Come forth. It's amazing how humanity has a tendency 
to lose the wonder with certain things very quickly. It's amazing how quickly in our human nature we can grow common with things that we once worked hard for. It's amazing how quickly uh, that threshold comes with when we are once have the sparkle in our eyes with certain things, how when we're around it enough, all of a sudden we just begin to lose uh, that wonder. When you first met that girl, you thought God had put every freckle in the right spot. You thought God and his omnipotence stretched forth the freckles like the galaxies, and you were just enamored and amazed with those freckles. But after you've been around those freckles for a few years, all of a sudden those same freckles start agitating you. Boy, I feel like preaching already. Uh, you used to drive six hours to go and visit them. Now you complain. You complain when they ask you to go 15 minutes to Walmart. Uh, because it's very quickly we can lose uh, the wonders with certain things that we used to be amazed with. You were the one that sat outside on Black Friday and got in line for the first iPhone. I do feel like preaching in this building. Uh, you got there for Black Friday. You showed up a day before the store opened. The store opened at 10 a.m. You showed up at 9 p.m. the day before to get in line to make sure you get your iPhone. You had a tent outside the door. You had a couch in your tent. You had an entertainment system in your tent. You made sure nobody cut you because if they cut you in line, you was going to cut them. Don't you cut me now. Had wires all across the tent. Don't cut me. I'm here to get the first iPhone, and you get the iPhone huh, that you worked so hard to get, and then six months later you hear there's an iPhone 2 coming out. And all of a sudden that iPhone 1 just starts looking a little old. Then the three comes out, then the four, the five, the six, the seven. Then finally, you hear the eights coming out, and you're like, behold, the Lamb of God. This is the one that I've been waiting for. And, you, and they say, you know what? You don't even have to pay all the money up front. You can get on the AT&T next plan. You just pay $30 a month. You can have it, baby. You can have it. You go and show up, get the iPhone 8 with all the features. Get your 8 in, and you get the 8. And then once you get it a few months later, your friend comes up and says, hey, I got the 10. How quickly those things that we were once amazed with can become common. And I've not come to condemn you about that this morning because it happens with the most spiritual of people. The disciples, when they first met Jesus, the Bible says that they forsook their nets. They forsook their businesses. They forsook everything. They forsook their lifestyle, the tax collecting, to follow after Jesus. And when they saw Jesus' prayer life, when they saw Jesus' prayer, they were so amazed with his prayer life when they saw him go after in prayer they were so amazed they couldn't hold it in but they cried out Lord teach us to pray 
But after being around Jesus for three years, Jesus is in the most important prayer meeting of his life, and the Bible says they couldn't stay awake. Because even God can become old when you're around him enough. When you first heard about Jesus, you you used to cry, you used to weep, you used to run to the altar. The preacher couldn't even finish his introductory remarks because you came and got on your knees and wept before God. The song didn't have to be on key before you cried and wept in his presence. But now, after being around him so much, we say, Jesus, some of y'all fall asleep when you say the name of Jesus. Some of y'all get on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram huh? while we're talking about the blood and about the cross. Huh? Now we got to talk about some entertainment. Huh? We got to talk about some, Michael the Archangel. Huh? We got to give angelic stories to keep you awake now. Huh? We got to talk about, come on somebody, huh? we got to talk about a, a demon under your pew or something huh? to get y'all excited about something. Huh? We got to bring up a mystical story huh? because even the presence of Jesus huh? When we're around it so much, we can become cold and callous. Come on, somebody. But we got to get back a reference to the power and the presence of our king. Some of us can be around God so much, we can act like God owes us something. I'm here. And he's looking at you like, yeah, and you'd be lost if you weren't here. You want a participation award. I'm here. Where's my miracle preacher? And look at you, the whole service. God's like, if you think I'm going to give that a miracle, you're crazy. Because I've seen you do more for football games and basketball games than what you do in my presence. Hello? It's amazing how the only time people put on a poker face is in church. Hello? The only time people become philosophers are in church. They're thinkers in church. They used to dance on the tables in the world, but all of a sudden they're timid in church. Quiet during the altar, but as soon as the altar calls over, the fellowship is loud. You talk like this after church. Hey, what's going on? But when it's time to pray, Come on, somebody. I'm just asking for you to have some integrity. If you talk out there, you need to talk to Jesus in here. If you clapped out there, you need to clap. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you to get a hunger and a reverence for his presence because it is sufficient for us. I wish you would clap your hands right now. I wish you would clap your hands right now. (laughs) I don't woke somebody up in here. I done woke somebody up in here. Yeah, I ain't letting you off the hook. Hallelujah. Uh, It's amazing when you're around his presence how quickly uh, it can become common and old uh, because you get the blessing of being in America. uh, And in America, you got freedom of worship. 
But there's a lot of countries that when you say the name of Jesus, blinded eyes just start open. Don't even preach a sermon. Huh? No homiletics, no hermeneutics. Huh? Just the name and all of a sudden cancers are healed. Huh? All of a sudden the blind begin to see, the deaf begin to hear. People begin to come out of wheelchairs. Huh? When you just say the name in America, huh? we got to give you point A, point B, point C, huh? point one, two, and three. Huh? Got to give it to you in the Greek and Hebrew and none of y'all even know that. Come on, somebody. And you have the audacity. To, there's people that come to church now, and they question everything that's preached. Well, what about when it says, no, you didn't study. You just went to Google. Some of y'all got a master's in Googleology. Come on, somebody. Or come on, somebody. You got to get back to having a simplicity of believing what the Word of God says. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Do you know what it took to get into the presence of God in the Old Testament? Do you know what it took to get in the presence of God? One person once a year got to experience the presence of God. One person, a high priest, had to be chosen huh, to get into the presence of God. If you were not chosen, you could not enter. Huh? If you were not chosen and you entered into the holiest of holies, God would kill you for going in there. Huh? One person once a year got to go into the presence of God. Huh? Do you know what he had to do to get in God's presence? Huh? He had to go find a lamb, go find a bullet, go find a goat. Huh? Go ahead and kill it. Pours blood on the altar. Huh? After he's done, he'd have to go huh, to the laver cleanse himself. He'd go into the holy place, do ministry at the table of shoe bread, do ministry at the seven golden candlesticks, do ministry at the altar of incense. And once a year, he would go into the holy of holies and do ministry at the ark of the covenant. And once a year, the glory of God would come down and fill the holiest of holies. But if that priest wasn't right, the presence of God would come down and kill him. But now after what Jesus did at Calvary, the veil is rent from top to bottom. And you and I have free access into the presence of God. But it's the same presence that can kill you. But you're around it so much. We can send a funny Instagram message. We can send a funny text message. We can mock the singing, mock the preaching, mock the It's the same presence that can kill you. But when you're around it so much, you begin to lose your reverence and value for it. Can I tell you, the presence of God is still powerful. The presence of God can still heal. The presence of God can still nurture. The presence of God can still do what nothing else else can do. Hallelujah. 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 I feel like God is going to baptize all of us with the reverence. There is not just another service. It is not just another word. We get an awesome opportunity to get into holy of holies every day. That's what I like to call the danger of accessibility. When you're around something so much, all of a sudden you start crossing boundaries. Come on, you got a boss that you work for. And if that boss came with you every lunch break, all of a sudden you 
you start teaching that boss like he's your friend. And all of a sudden, you step over the line. And when you step over the line, the boss just fires you. Come on, somebody. That's what happens with us. We think we know God so good that even when we sin, he won't touch us. Come on, somebody. That even when we don't live right, he won't touch us. Come on, somebody. Yes, he loves you, but don't you cross the line. We got to get back to our humility in the presence of God. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't come to preach about that. I just, I just came to wake you up. Hallelujah. Some of you already made it your mind before I got up here that you was going to fall asleep. So, so I got to hit you in the side with the word and say, get up! That's it right there. That's it. That's it right there. I, I've not come to talk about you losing the wonder with a person. I've not come to talk about you losing the wonder with the presence of God. But no, God has sent me here this Sunday morning to talk about you losing the wonder in a different way. And I've come to minister to you and the Holy Ghost through the story of Mephibosheth. Uh, Mephibosheth, he was the son of Jonathan. Uh, and Jonathan was the son of Saul. Saul was the first king of the nation of Israel. Uh, he was head and shoulders above everybody. Uh, he had the talent, the ability, everything needed to become a great king for the nation of Israel. But somewhere along the line, Saul began to have a pride that welled up in his spirit. Huh? And he disobeyed the commandments of God. Huh? And he brought shame upon the kingdom. Huh? And he brought shame upon his lineage. Huh? And when that happened, Jonathan, huh, he had a son named Mephibosheth. Huh? And Mephibosheth's name means dispeller of shame. Huh? Mephibosheth's name means that he was the destroyer of shame. Mephibosheth was born with the intention and the destiny huh, to destroy all the shame that Saul caused on the lineage huh, and restore glory and honor back to the kingdom. Huh? Mephibosheth, he was born with an anointing. Huh? He was born to do something great for God. Huh? He was born to tear down the kingdom of darkness huh? and lift up the kingdom of light. Huh? Mephibosheth knew that God's hand was on him huh? to destroy all the shame of the past huh? and restore honor and glory back to the lineage and back to the kingdom. Everybody prophesied over Mephibosheth. You're the one that's going to break the generational curse. You're the one that's going to break the generational spirit that has tried to cripple everyone that has come behind you. You're the one through your walk, Mephibosheth. You're going to change everything. You're not going to be an alcoholic like your daddy was an alcoholic. You're not going to be a drug addict like your mama was a drug addict, Mephibosheth. I'm raising you up to destroy every all the history, all the curses, and I'm going to use your walk, you as a vessel. Yeah. 
Mephibosheth was born with a destiny. He knew he wasn't called to just fit in. He knew he wasn't called to just go through the motions. He knew he wasn't called to just disappear in the crowd. Everybody whispered to him as they prayed, Mephibosheth, God's going to use you. God's going to do something special in you, Mephibosheth. God's hand is on your life. And Mephibosheth began to believe that he was destined for something more. That he was destined not to just live, barely surviving, paycheck to paycheck, always struggling with poverty, always struggling with some disease, some illness, some sick. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody in this building right now. God has set you apart for this hour to do something for him, to be used for his glory. There is a Mephibosheth in this room. Oh, can you clap your hands for a moment? I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. If you haven't heard me yet, you need to hear me now. Hallelujah. Mephibosheth's eyes began to be filled with amazement as he considered the call on his life, as he considered God's hand on him. And now there's a tragedy that happened in Mephibosheth's life. Mephibosheth's dad died, and his granddad died in the same day. Now it's one thing when dad dies, but it's another thing when granddad dies as well in the same day. And Mephibosheth is now five years old, and the nurse came to pick up Mephibosheth to try to protect him. She said, this is the chosen one. This is the one with destiny. This is the one that's going to change everything. And this nurse picked him up and began to run with that five-year-old chosen vessel, Mephibosheth. And while she's running, the Bible says that Mephibosheth fell out of her hands and his feet became lame and he became a cripple. Now this chosen vessel with all of this destiny, with all this anointing, now he has a failure and now he has an inadequacy and the thought comes to his mind, God can never use me anymore. I messed up too much. I failed too many times. I'm defined by what has happened to me. I'm defined by my mistake and my failure. And Mephibosheth, but Mephibosheth, there's still an anointing on you. There's still a future for you. There's still a destiny for you. There's still a Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. And in the same day that his dad died, and then the same day that his granddad died, something died in him. And he began to lose the wonder of his call. He began to lose the wonder of his destiny. And he gave up on himself and he resigned into this place called Lodabar no one took Mephibosheth by captivity into Lodabar no he volunteered himself into that place that is the toughest prison to break out of the prison that you make for yourself were you Going to prison, feeling so unworthy. And you got the key in your pocket. But you refuse to come out. 
I'm defined by what happened to me. I'm defined by that failure. I'm insignificant. I'm nothing. Can I tell you, it is easy when we go through a struggle, it is easier to see the goodness of God than to see any good in yourself. Job, when he lost everything, the first thing he did was worship. But we don't talk about what happened after he worshiped because the next chapter says that Job began to curse himself. He said, God, I wish I was never born. He said, God, why didn't my mother's knees prevent me? Why wasn't I born as a stillborn? He said, let the sun never shine on my day again. He said, let the stars never twilight on my day again. He cursed himself because because when he went through a struggle, uh, yes, he saw everything good in God. Uh, but when he looked at himself in the mirror, uh, he said, you're the reason that you're going through this. And I'm looking at people this morning that have given up on themselves. I know you look good. You look nice. Uh, you dress real nice this morning. You got the beautiful smile. Uh, but uh, underneath it all, uh, you've stopped believing uh, that God has something great for you. Uh, you've tried to fool everybody else. Uh, that's why your praise doesn't change the atmosphere anymore. Because uh, you don't even believe that God is hearing your praise. Uh, that's why your prayer doesn't move mountains anymore. Because uh, you don't even believe you're worthy uh, enough for God to hear uh, your prayers uh, and you've come into this atmosphere uh, and you've been in Lodabar. Uh, you've tried to act like you haven't been in Lodabar uh, but I've come in the Holy Ghost uh, to breathe hope uh, back in this place uh, and say there is still an anointing. There is still a future. There is still a power if you can get up and go after it again. I wish someone would clap their hands for a moment and I wish someone would lift up their voice. I'm preaching to somebody. If I'm preaching to you, you need to clap your hands. If I'm preaching to you, you need to lift up your voice. If I'm preaching to you, you need to get hope again. I know, I know. I know you've been around it a while. You've learned the church language. You've learned the church lingo. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, brother. How are you? How you doing, sister? Oh, I'm blessed. My family is blessed. You've learned how to hide it up. Hide it. But I can see in the spirit. You've been clapping. You've been shouting. You've been running. You've been praising God. But I hear the cry of your spirit louder than the clapping of your hands. And you can put everybody else off the trail, but I come right to preach into your spirit. Your physical appearance is not throwing me off the track here this morning, no. You try to act like you got it all together to everybody around here, but I come right into the heart of your spirit and say, God is not done with you. God is not done with you. God is not finished. Hallelujah. He gave up on himself. You gave up on yourself. Oh, I know you're still involved. I know, I know you're still faithful, but you gave up. As a matter of fact, if you want to be moved to tears in a service, you cry when you pray for others. But the minute people start coming, pray for you. You tense up because it's easier for you to believe for them than to believe anything great for yourself. So he tried to 
move in the back. When it's time to pray, you try to leave because you don't want nobody encouraging you. You don't want encouragement, no. You don't want another promise or another prophecy, no. No, those prophecies used to excite you, but now they frustrate you. Because you look at where you are currently, you look at how far where you're supposed to be, and you get discouraged. So every time a preacher gets up and gives you an encouraging word, you, you try to disappear in the service. Oh, try to disappear. You've been in Lodabar. Lodabar means no word, no communication, wasteland, where there's no word, no word comes there. Oh, no, Mephibosheth hid himself in the place where, word, where the word of the king couldn't get to him. He was scared to be encouraged. Some of y'all, some of y'all scared to be encouraged. Some of y'all, you get, you, you get more conviction if I preached on hell than get conviction me preaching encouragement. Come on, because you feel like you deserve hell. So if if I preached on hell, you'd shout, you'd cry, you'd repent because you feel like that's coming to you anyway. But when I begin to preach on hope and preach on the blood and preach on God doing, you want to hide because you feel so unworthy under all of that. You don't want to hope again. You tell me, Brother Jackson, don't you tell me that God's not done with me. I, I'm scared to hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Uh, I've been so disappointed. Uh, every time I believe, I get disappointed. Uh, so I'm scared to hope. Uh, I'm scared for the sparkle to come back. Don't you tell me that God can move in my family. Uh, don't you tell me that God can move in my kids. Uh, don't you tell me that God can move in my relationships, uh, in my marriage. Don't you try to convince me of that I'm too far gone you tried to hide yourself in this service huh? but the king has sent a messenger here this morning huh, to tell you get up from there there is still much to be done in your life <laughs> hallelujah you've lost the wonder I know I know I know I, I'm just from Florida I know I haven't been here I know this is my first time here but I'm telling you you've lost the wonder you've stopped believing in yourself and so you've been a shell of what you've used to be still operating but with no power because you don't even believe you're worthy of power I'm ministering to you right now I'm ministering to you in the Holy Ghost giving up on yourself you're done. You've resigned into Lodabar. Got the key in your pocket. You don't want to come out. Preacher, don't you encourage me, please. Don't you encourage me. I'm making some of y'all mad trying to encourage you. Some of y'all want to fight me right now. Look at you. Look at you. I've never seen so many faces so serious with an encouraging word. I'm preaching encouragement. Look at you. Look at See that? Because you're scared to believe. I'm in your mailbox right now. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You're scared to believe because you're wrestling in your spirit. No, 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 because last time I believed, it didn't happen. So, so I'm just going to save myself the disappointment. How long are you going to be in Lodabar? 
How long are you going to be in that place where you hide yourself behind your failures, behind your inadequacies, behind everything that's wrong with you? How long? How long? How long? Lodabar is the place where dreams die. It's where you bury your promise. It's where you say, I'm done believing. I'm done believing in myself. I'm done believing in this. Look, I tried. I believed. I thought I had destiny. I thought I had promise. But every time I believed, it seemed like more adversity came to choke out my belief. I'm ministering to you right now. It reminds me of the story of Tamar. Tamar, nobody talks about Tamar. Nobody talks about her. But Tamar, there's something interesting in Tamar's story that nobody talks about. Because Tamar, she had had a coat of many colors that nobody talks about. She had a coat of many colors given to her by the king. But then... Someone close to her raped her. Someone that she trusted in raped her. And the tragedy happened to this young lady with this beautiful coat that nobody wants to talk about. 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 17. This is what happened after she got raped, after the tragedy happened. The Bible says, then he called his servant that ministered unto him and said, put now this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. Listen, and she had a garment of diverse colors upon her. For with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head, listen, and rent. Her garment of diverse colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But now hold thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. Listen. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. The king gave Tamar a coat of many colors that was a distinction on her that proclaimed her to be a king's daughter. But now, after that tragedy happened in her life, after she was raped, after she was abused, after she suffered, she began to rend her coat. That was her identity. That was what identified her as a king's daughter. But after she went through some pain, she began to rend that coat. God is done with me. God can't use me. The king doesn't care about me. And she rent her garment after that tragedy happened. Hallelujah. After the tragedy happened, she rent her coat. She rent her identity and she remained desolate. She got in her own little load of bar. He said, I don't believe that I'm worthy anymore. 
This is how God details rape in Deuteronomy 22 and 25. Look how God looks at rape. Deuteronomy 22, 25, listen to me. But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. Listen, but unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man rises against his neighbor and kills him, even so is this matter. God said, I compare rape to murder. Because something dies in the life of that individual that can never be revived again except through the power of the Holy Ghost. Something died in Tamar that day. Uh, and she rent her identity. Listen, she ended her own story. And she never gave God an opportunity to get a testimony out of what happened to her. She rented. She defined herself by it. She said, I'm done. And she had a coat of many colors. But we don't talk about her coat of many colors. But you know what? We always talk about Joseph's coat of many colors. You know why? Because Joseph never rent his own coat. And as long as he's never rent his own coat, it gave God an opportunity to get glory out of what happened to him. But when Tamar rent her coat, she said, God, you're done. But we talk about we talk about Joseph's coat because he never rent his own coat. The enemy rent his coat, but he never tore his own coat. And if the enemy ever rents your coat, it means you've outgrown it. I feel like preaching in this building. If the enemy ever attacks and tears the coat that God has put on you, it means you've outgrown it. And now God is getting you measured for a new coat. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. The enemy, his brothers, rent his first coat. That was the coat of many colors. That was the coat of promise. And the enemy tore that coat. And when they rent that coat, God got Joseph measured for a new coat that he got in Potiphar's house. That was the coat of promise. And while he had the coat of process, that was the coat of process. And when he had the coat of process on, Potiphar's wife came and rent the coat of process off of him. And it got him measured for a new coat. That was the coat in the palace that Pharaoh gave to Joseph. That was the coat of fulfillment. And no devil in hell can take away the coat of fulfillment. I feel like preaching in this building right now. I said if the enemy has 
has destroyed your coat. God is just preparing you for a new coat. He said there's come something coming down the road. If you can just keep believing, there's something coming down the road. If you can just keep going after me, don't you give up on yourself. I got a future that's greater than your past. I got a future coat that's greater than your past coat. But you got to get up and start believing again. Can I preach to you for a moment? Jesus, Jesus, God Almighty, he robed himself in flesh. Jesus, he came in a coat of flesh. He had a coat of flesh on, the fullness of God bodily. He had a coat of flesh. And while he was on the cross, they picked up a spear and they put it in his side and they rent his coat. But when they rent his coat. It got him measured for a resurrection coat. I feel like preaching in this building. Can I tell you, when I go get fitted for a suit, the first thing they tell me is, when I go get fitted for a coat, the first thing they tell me is, Victor, I want you to stretch your arms out. And then, Victor, I want you to put your feet together. And then, Victor, let me put the pins in you. I am measuring you for a new coat. Well, they stretched Jesus' arms out and then they put his feet together and then they put the pins in him and it got him measured for a new coat. And if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I said the devil never would have touched you if he only understood that there's a coat that's waiting on you. I feel like preaching in this building. I said there's a seat at the table. There's a seat at the table of destiny and God is calling your name. It's time to come forth. There is still a future if you can believe. I wish someone would clap their hands. I wish someone would lift up their voice. I wish someone would send up a shout and put on a new garment in this building. Hallelujah. I come to preach that heaviness off of you. It's time for you to take off the spirit of heaviness. And it's time to put on the garment of praise. It's time to put on the coat of praise. I said you survived Lodabar. Now it's time to come on out of there and believe in yourself again. And if you can't run out of Lodabar, why don't you crawl out? If you can't run out, why don't you limp out? If you can't come out. Come on, somebody. You put a rope around your future and you begin to pull yourself forward because God isn't done with you. I wish I had a witness. I wish somebody would stand on your feet and I wish someone would clap your hands and give glory to God because I feel a new garment beginning to descend on this building. Come on, somebody, clap again, clap again, clap again. There is something that is shifting in the Holy Ghost. There is something that is shifting in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. You can remain standing. But Mephibosheth, you know what happened? He thought God was done with him. He thought he put himself in the place that the king couldn't reach him. But all of a sudden, he heard a whisper. Mephibosheth, hold on God. I know you're not calling my name. I failed too many 
sometimes Mephibosheth, hold on, God. Oh, no, I belong to Lord of Mephibosheth. Oh, God, okay, I'm going to come on out of that pit of depression. I'm going to come on out of that anxiety. I'm going to come on out of that failure, and I'm just going to get myself up, and I'm just going to come forward. He said, Mephibosheth, there's a seat at my table, and you're going to sit with the king's sons. You survived Lodabar. I got a word for this church right now. You survived your weary season. You survived your sleepless nights. You survived the questions in your mind. You survived the unbelief in yourself. Now God said, it's time for you to leave Lodabar behind, and it's time for you to come where you belong. There's a seat in the palace. I said, there's a seat in the palace. I said, there's a seat in the palace. I said, lift up those weary hands. I said, lift up those weary hands. There is a seat for you. I want you to grab the person by the hand next to you. I want you to grab the hand next to you. Stand on your feet. Everybody in this building from the front to the back. I want you to stand on your feet. And I want you to grab the person's hand next to you. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray in the name of Jesus. That God would begin to breathe hope in them again. That God would breathe life into them again. Come on. Somebody's beginning to believe again. Somebody's beginning to believe in their anointing again. Somebody's beginning to believe in the power again. Come on, that's it. You open up your mouth and pray for them. There's something that is beginning to change in this atmosphere. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody's coming out of there. That's it right there. I feel a shift in the Holy Ghost. You're still anointed. You still have power. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're going to overcome. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are going to be more than a conqueror. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. You're going to be powerful. Where sin did abound, grace does much more about. I wish you would open up your mouth and begin to intercede for that person. And open up your mouth and say, come forth, it's time. Come forth, it's time. Come forth, it's time. Come forth, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I want you to step out of that pew right now, and I want you to come forward. This is your first step out of Lodabar. We're going to have a time of prayer. That's it, everyone from the front to the back. Step forward right now in the Holy Ghost. This is your first step out of that cave. This is your first step out of that pit. Come on. You don't have to feel worthy. You just got to sum up the courage for you to come on out of there. There's something that is coming your way. I said weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. I said weeping endures for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. I said weeping endures for a singular night. It's limited, but joy 
joy continues to come. Joy is going to keep on coming. I said you're going to take off that morning and you're going to put on the oil of joy. I said you're going to take off the ashes and you're going to put on beauty. I said I'm breathing into your spirit. I'm trying to stop encouraging you. But the Holy Ghost said you keep on talking until they believe it. They're still trying to disqualify themselves. He said I got a seat for them. I don't care what divorces they've been through. I don't care what failures they've had. You let them know they may be limping, but there's still a seat. They may be struggling, but there's still a seat. They may be depressed, but there's still a seat. And they can sum up the courage to come forth. Oh, I want you to lift up those hands where you are right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. And I want you to pray and say, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. I believe it, oh God. I believe it, oh God. That's the most powerful prayer to pray this morning. And say, God, I believe. I believe that you're able. I believe that you're not done in my marriage. I believe that you're not done with me. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Come on, lift up those hands and open up your mouth. I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus. I believe. Come on, that's it. You open up your mouth. You've been holding in those tears for months. You've been holding in those tears for years. You've been holding in those tears for decades. I feel somebody's beginning to get their anointing back. Somebody's getting their authority back. Somebody's getting their power back. Come on, open up your mouth and cry out. I feel something beginning to flow like a river. I feel a river of hope beginning to flow in Nova Church. I feel a river of hope beginning to flow in Nova Church. I said, you survived that molestation. Now it's time to come forth. You survived that rape. Now it's time to come forth. You survived that abuse. Now it's time to come forth. You survived that rejection. Now it's time to come forth. You survived people not believing in you. Now it's time to come forth. You survived the scoffers. Now it's time to come forth. You survived the ridicule. Now it's time to come forth. You survived the doubters. Now it's time to come forth. Hear the word of the Lord. Come forth, Mephibosheth. It's time. You've been in, Mephib- in, in Lodabar long enough. You've been in Lodabar long enough. You've been in Lodabar long enough. You've been in Lodabar long enough. I'm, 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 I'm. I want everyone to lift up your hands in this building right now. Lift up those hands. Oh, the power of God is in this building. Lift up those hands and close your eyes. I'm going to pray the blessing of God on you and your family. I'm going to pray the blessing of God on you in your life. I'm going to pray that the power of God would guide and do something special in you. And when I'm done, I'm going to shout to the top of my lungs, hallelujah. 
When I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout hallelujah. And when you shout hallelujah, I want you to see yourself coming out of there. I want you to see yourself with joy again. I want you to see yourself in your ministry. I want you to see yourself walking in prosperity. That's it. Close your eyes and lift up your hands. When you pray that, you're going to feel to speak in something you don't understand. You just open up your mouth and begin to let those tongues go. When I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout hallelujah and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Lord Jesus, right now, I lose the blessing on every person in this place. I command the spirit of fear and the spirit of doubt and unbelief to be taken out of them. And I release the gift of faith upon them now. I release the righteousness of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! the person next to you right now. Lay your hands on the person next to you. Pray for them. You guys are strengthening one another. You have something to offer. God's using your hands. Come on. Pray with somebody near you right now. God is using you right now.
want you to lay hands on somebody and pray for them right now. I want you to pray for somebody all around this place and link up. And I want you to let God use you right now for what's going on in their life. Amen. I want you to begin to pray for somebody and begin to pray, God, in the name of Jesus. God, I believe that it can happen. And God, you can use me, God, to begin to pray for someone right there in the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to begin to release somebody in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody's got the gift of faith in this place. Brother Poe, I want you to go lay hands on people and pray for them right now. I feel like God was going to use you right now. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, Father, that you begin to move in these house, God. Lord, I believe it and declare it in my life. I want you to pray right now. God, I believe that you can do it in my life, in my ministry, in my calling, in my purpose right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I put off the coat of doubt. I put off the coat of unbelief. I put off the coat, God, of disqualification in the name of Jesus. And right now, God, I declare your will in my life. I declare your purpose in my life. I declare it right now in the name of Jesus. Let it be done. Let it happen right now. Hallelujah. 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 Declare it right now. Say, I believe it. I believe it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Would you lift your hands and say, God, I'm a vessel. I'm a willing vessel in surrender right now. Would you just begin to surrender to God and say, God, bring me out of that prison. God, I may have put myself in there, but God, bring me out. I surrender that I'm not going to hold myself hostage or captive any longer. I break the chains of bondage right now in the name of Jesus. your voice and declare it right now. Hallelujah, God. God, I come forth this morning. God, I come forth today right now. God, I come forth out of those chains. I come forth out of Lobodog. God, I come forth out of that thing right now that's holding me back. I come out of that sin. I come out of that temptation in the name of Jesus. We shake it off right now. Hallelujah. That's it. Some of you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost right now. I want you just to raise your hands and let the Spirit of the Lord begin to flow through you. The Bible says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Some of you need some power to get out of that prison. Hallelujah. Some of you need to let go of the of the chains of the past and begin to come forth out of that thing right now in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Somebody praise him right now. Somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah. Give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. 
when Paul and Silas were in prison, the way they got out of prison is they believed it. The Bible says they prayed and sang praises. Hallelujah. You don't pray something you don't believe. They begin to believe that God's going to get them out of that. And then they begin to praise out of that. I wonder if somebody give God some praise right now all across this place. I wonder if you could clap your hands and lift your voice and declare it right now with a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah right now. You know what? Hold up. know why the Bible says clap your hands all ye people? You know why that's Bible? Because when you clap, it was a reminder to the children of Israel that God brought them out of bondage. And everybody clap your hands one time. What it was is it was the reminder of the chains breaking and hitting the ground. So when he says clap, it's a reminder of the testimony that God brought you out of bondage and captivity and prison. And when he brought you out, he didn't intend for you to go back to that. That's why he said, clap your hands, all ye people. It was a testament that said, hey, God brought you out. And you may be back there, but you don't have to stay there. I brought you out to get you to where he wants you to go, to the promise and purpose of God. Amen? And that's why the power of praise can get you out of a prison because it reminds you, says, God, if you did it before, then you can do it again. God, if you did it when I was in sin and I was baptized and brought me out of captivity, God, you can do it again. God, if you did it in a previous situation, my praise can get me out of this situation. I wonder if right now we could have some corporate praise in this place. I wonder if right now you could take the next 60 seconds and praise God right where you are in your situation. And so I, God, I give you my praise, God, because you brought me out. God, you brought me out of my pain. You brought me out of my sorrow. You brought me out of my past, and God, you can do it again. God, I believe you're going to bring me out for a reason. Hallelujah. Someone close your eyes and just begin to worship God and say, God, I praise you right now. God, I lift you up right now. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord some praise in this place and say, God, I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for what you're going to do in our church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God wants to bring somebody out. And he's waiting on you to walk out of that place. Amen. He said, I already gave you the victory. You just have to walk out. Amen. Today is our baptismal Sunday, the first Sunday of the month. We make it intentional to try to baptize somebody. And if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, I got great news for you. We're going to do some baptisms out in the baptismal tank right out front. And we're going to baptize somebody. If you've never been baptized, today is your day to get baptized. We've got robes. You don't even got to get your clothes wet. we got towels. You're going to dry off. You're going to put your same clothes back on. You're going to be like, hey, I didn't even have to do anything. There's no excuse. Today is the day. Turn to someone and say, today is the day. The Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Amen. How do you get free baptism? Amen. Death, burial, and resurrection. Wash away that stuff. Turn to somebody right now and say, hey, you ever been baptized? If they've never been baptized, say, today's your day. Today's your day. Amen. 
We've got baptisms outside. I think somebody's going to get them ready right now as we're going to baptize them. And uh, we're very, very excited. Does anybody want to get baptized? Come see me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, come on now. Praise God. Come on. We've got robes. Brother Poe, do you mind helping out? Amen. Amen. Sister Jamie, come on over here. Brother Poe, go ahead and see him. We'll get you some change and meet us right out front. Amen. Come on. Brother Poe will take you back to the bathroom and let you change. Amen. Hey, come on. Anybody else? Yeah, Corinne? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. Amen. We'll bring you. If anybody else wants to get baptized, today's your day. Amen. Amen. Believe it. Thanks. Thanks be to God. Amen. Anybody else? I don't want to speed through just for the sake of time. Some people are kind of thinking I should. Maybe I've never. Hey, don't wait. Amen. Amen. The Bible says you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Amen. That born again, that's baptism. That's what being born again is. And that's why baptism is important and essential. Amen. You must be baptized. And we're thankful for that today. Amen. Uh, as we get ready to transition to baptism, I hope you all will join us for out there. Aren't you thankful for Brother Victor Jackson and his ministry? Amen. What a tremendous preacher. He is a preacher's preacher. My man's got lungs of steel. Amen. He's got a voice box, a vocal cords. I, I envy that. I mean, you you know, I get fired up and I lose my voice after two minutes. I mean, he's he's ripping and ready to go. My man is a beast and we are so thankful to have him and his lovely wife and James Asher here. That little man's a preacher. He is a preacher in the making, aren't you? I said, yeah, look at him. He's ready to go. Give me the mic. And uh, we're thankful for them and their family to be here. Uh, we always do this at the end of service for our dismissal service. Uh, if you are a first-time guest, it is our Stick 6 Challenge. We always challenge all of our guests, if this is your first Sunday, to come back six times. And the reason for that is, is in a spirit-led church as ours, every service is different. And you know what? It's tough to make a good decision on where you want your home church to be on just one service. So we say, hey, come six times. And uh, it'll help you get some more information and learn more about us. And we'll get to learn more about you. And you'll decide, hey, do I want to put roots down and grow in Christ here? And so we encourage you, come back. If you want more information, come see next week. But if you're church shopping, hey, why not give it a little bit more of a chance and get some more information so you can make a good decision. Amen. Spirit-led churches are fun, exciting. Can I get a witness, somebody? Amen. And uh, we're excited about that. Our unshakable scripture of the week is this year we have gone through our unshakable. We are trying to memorize one scripture every week. This week is 2 Timothy 2.15. Why don't we all read that aloud together? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I challenge you this week to memorize this and to try to put this in as we are trying to memorize 52 verses this year. Amen. That is 2 Timothy 2.15. Please make sure you do that. As we get ready to do our dismissal prayer, we want to pray over our church. We want to pray that God would bless you this week. Amen. And we want to pray for our offering and our tithe. And on your way out, make sure you drop it in the kiosk. Amen. As God will bless you for your faithfulness and giving. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray right now. 
Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, right now that you would have your way. Lord, I pray that you would bless our church, bless those that are fixing to get baptized. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus right now by the power and authority of the word of God that, Lord, you would have your way this week. Help us, God, as we go about. Help us as we go on our jobs, to our schools, with our neighbors, with our friends. God, help us to create change and to spread light and help us, God, so that we may show who you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and the church say amen, 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 amen. Please make sure you greet Brother Jackson and Sister Jackson and thank them, and and we're going to do the baptismal, and it's Jasmine's 21st birthday, amen. Make sure you give her a hug as we are so thankful, and we're going to baptize those people right outside. Amen.